May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. See, here's what I uh, wrote in uh, The Lord's My Strength about blessing. What does it mean to be blessed by God? We can be blessed with family and well-being, and we want this. But sometimes when we have wandered away from God, he blesses us with adversities of many kinds to wake us up and bring us back to his purpose for us, as he did with Jonah. Interesting that you make the connection to Jonah, because um, this is uh, a pivotal psalm in the Psalter. the early verses that are in our passage today uh, are recounting in numbers when there was this blessing given from Aaron where the priest would stand over the people and say, uh, may the Lord be gracious to you and bless you. May his face shine upon you. May his countenance be turned towards you. This was a special covenantal promise uh, from Uh, God to the people. And so when the priests would start, uh, may God, may Yahweh, that special revealed name of God. Uh, But in this psalm, Yahweh is taken out and the way it's quoted is may Elohim, which is more of a general name for God, God of creation, God in the the pantheon of, of the skies, not the revealed name. And as you read through this psalm, you realize it's a psalm to the nations, which would have been a little bit, um, I would say, stark in the ears of the Hebrew worshipers. They wanted Yahweh's face to shine upon him. Uh, They had this seclusion mentality, and Jonah had that same problem. Uh, As I say in my book, Jonah and Me, there's this uh, mid-course correction that God gives through the prophet Jonah. Uh, the people are meant to be reaching out to the nations around them and love and the people around them, but they're trying to hoard the blessing of God for themselves. And Jonah becomes a stark uh, metaphor or a stark narrative of an individual who represents uh, the people's inability to love in the way God loves. So um, I guess you can then carry forward um, in time and come to Jesus and all of the instances where Jesus does break out of the local blessing uh, into a much uh, wider blessing. And then it's worked out after his resurrection when the disciples go out into the world to make disciples of all nations. Absolutely. And Jesus is a boundary crosser from the beginning. There's little hints at it uh, regularly in the text. Uh, He spends time in Samaria. His engagement with the Samaritan woman is just incredible boundary crossing. Uh, The Gospels talk about him on the Sea of Galilee going to the other side. Uh, That was pagan territory. And Jesus keeps stretching the boundaries. These people had an idea of a provincial God who was for them alone. And God was for them, but he wasn't just for them. He was for the nations and for all peoples. And it's really deeply embedded in the biblical text from the beginning right to the end. So that's a uh, that's something just to 
keep in mind because we take that for granted today, but it wasn't always true. And the pivotal point uh, is the coming of Jesus, uh, not only to save uh, his own tribe uh, from sin, but actually the entire world. Absolutely. And that's the calling to us. And we become provincial. We want a God for us, for our family, for our community, for our region, our nation. And God is saying, oh, don't box me in like that. I'm for the nations. I'm for the globe. 